Today is Tuesday, December the 12th, 2023, and welcome to episode 38 of Farm Wife Sexy Life with Candy Couple. My name is Julia. Myself and my husband, Aaron, are a small homestead family in rural Southwest Virginia that work every day to lessen our dependencies on outside sources, merging frugality and homesteading into one. And our goal is not to be 100% self-sufficient because we know that's a very, very hard goal to do, but to try to get as close as possible to that goal. So we understand our pitfalls, our weaknesses, and we're trying to strengthen those on our homestead every day. And today I want to talk about something that Aaron is so passionate about. He is so passionate about it. And this is an area of our homestead, of our frugality journey that I struggle with. I really do. And that is finding my place inside of our family side hustle. So Aaron is my ideas man. He is creative, thinks outside the box, looks at things in different ways. And he, and I don't want to say the word scheming, but he's always looking for opportunities for us to create side hustle income. And I will say sometimes it doesn't exasperate me, but sometimes it, it definitely pushes me outside of my comfort zone because I am perfectly happy with the nine to five day to day job and he wants so much more than that. And he really does force me outside of that zone to kind of focus elsewhere. So I have my struggles with this. I have my struggles with the creativity side of it. But one of the things I also struggle with is how do I help him? Because one of our goals on our homestead is to be self-sufficient. That means the side hustle is we're our boss. And I would have never have thought 10 years ago this would have been something I would have looked at. But through the work that I do and the things that I've learned as I've gotten older, I can see the appeal of not having to rely on somebody else for my income. So it has became more important to me to really find out where I fit in our family side hustles. And I have found a few things that have kind of helped guide me and it shaped how I sort of focus in on this because side hustles, we don't want to just depend on one. We want to have multiple streams of revenue, multiple streams. And what I want to do for ours in particular, where I feel like I could do the most good on our, our side hustle is, or one of our side hustles is to really look at what we're currently trying to do and how do I take what we're doing every single day, every single year and use that to produce income. And Aaron is doing that too now. So we're both looking at this, like how do we take what we're doing right now and produce income from that? So one of the very first things that I've learned to do is I've learned to apply my strengths. Now this is where you have to get deep and know yourself. And you don't have to get like super deep, but you have to know what you're good at. So I'm a process details person. I am the one who could put the puzzle together. If you give it to me and you give me enough time, I'll get the pieces to work. Even when it doesn't look like it's going to work, I will find a way to make it work. That is my job. I get it done. You give me something to do, the task, whatever it is. I might not have been the one to come up with it, but I will figure out a way to get it done. Some way, somehow, if it's possible, I will do it. So how 
do I apply that to a side hustle? Aaron's the ideas guy. He's the big picture guy. I look at the details and we put that together. We put that together and we become one. So some of the things that we do with our picking side business, I'm not very good at. I have a hard time like trying to decipher what or make a decision on what should we sell an item for? What do we do? But I'm really good at getting it clean. Really good at getting it ready. I'm really good at shipping. I'm really good at all the basic stuff that Aaron hates. I mean, he hates this stuff. He likes taking pictures. He likes doing the research. And he's good at posting. So we've really set it up that I can do most of the grunt work. He can handle the smaller stuff. And we can move forward from there. And so we've kind of sort of split ours out to really focus on my strengths and, you know, take away from his weaknesses so he can focus on the part of this that he likes. Whereas I'm able to focus on things that, you know, it, not that I would say I like it, but these are things I do well and I could apply them anywhere. So I'm really good at cleaning. I'm really good at making sure things look really nice. I really have a lot of detail like how we pack things up. I want to make sure it looks a certain way. I want to make sure our cards set in the box a certain way. I want to make sure it's wrapped if it needs to be wrapped. I want to make sure all these things are there. I'm really good at organizing so I'll be responsible for all the organization in our picking business here in the next couple of months. All that's going to follow me but those are the skills I'm really good at. Aaron's not so good at organizing <laughs> to him. Organizing is not really something that, that he he's really top-notch on and that's okay it's not his skill set but it is mine so we're going to focus on putting my strengths to good use on our side hustles now we want to turn my weaknesses into strengths as well it's the second thing here so i would say one of my biggest weaknesses with our side hustle is knowing what i'm looking at and this definitely has to do with realms of like sports and things of this nature because I'm not, I am not a sports person. I'm not, I'm sorry. It's so boring. And I don't know if anybody else feels this way because I hear all these other homestead moms like, it's football season. We got to watch the games. We got to do, nope. I could care less. Oh, if Isabel goes into sports, I don't know what I'm going to do, people. I don't know what I'm going to do because I'll be there to cheer. I'll be her biggest cheerleader, but man, I got no clue. Don't don't ask me anything about it. The basics, I notice when they take the mouth guards out of their mouth during the basketball game. So me knowing the sports stuff we're selling is very hard. But what I'm good at I'm really good at research. I've got a really good memory. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my weakest area, which is knowing what I'm looking at. I'm going to try to turn it into a strength that's going to benefit our business. So it's really looking at these things in a different way. It's trying to really focus on like, I really hate dealing with this. I'm going to push it back and push it back and push it back. But those are the things that sell for us quickly. Um, so I need to actually push that forefront and really focus on getting through some of the weaknesses that I have on the forethought. Like, I don't think my lack of creativity is a weakness. I think it's just sort of how we are. I'm very much down to earth, practical, in the now. Aaron is our dreamer outside of there, thinking outside the box person. So I don't really find that to be a weakness. But with each business opportunity... I know our weaknesses, 
like if we start doing mushrooms the science behind the mushrooms and how it works it's a lot of trial and error that's where it kind of loses me science is not my number one top favorite subject i kind of get lost and i kind of start to hate it if things don't start working the way i want them to so i've got to find a way to turn this weakness of mine when it comes to our mushroom business into a strength how am i doing that well what i'm going to do is i'm going to focus on the areas that i think are going to be easy so i'm going to try the easiest methods first the ones that i know are going to work really quickly in an area where it's a lot easier for me to maintain and manage then we're going to move to the more sterile areas we're going to move to the more sterile options where i have more room for failure so i want to kind of experience and learn as i go in different and new ways so the next thing is you're doing a family side business it's a family side hustle it is not just you and if you're like me you are a type a personality you have a tendency to jump in run in head first and take over i i know i do you, you give me a project, I will bulldoze everybody else out of the way. And I've really had to learn like how to step back because this isn't the area, this isn't what I'm good at. But Aaron's really good at this and I can support him and do all the back end work for him and it still helps both of us because the in line. But I'm letting him shine where he needs it and not just taking control. So that is something where if you have a family, you're starting a side hustle business, something you're hoping to pass down to your children in the future, let them take their part and own pieces and bits of it and let them shine. Let them learn. Let them do. I'm hoping that one day I can start my own propagation business. This is a goal for me in the next couple of years. I want to get really good at propagating a lot of the plants that we grow on our homestead. And from there, we can hopefully sell them. We'll see how that goes. But there's a lot of rules and regulations we have to kind of figure out. But it's definitely something I'm thinking about. Because I'm going to be propagating a lot of plants for our food forest in our front yard. I'm going to need hundreds of bushes um, for this area because it's a very large area and I need to make sure I'm filling it up with a lot of food and I want to do the foods that we we know we like and eat. So I want to propagate from the bushes we have the gooseberries, the blueberries, um, all of those things that we already have on hand instead of me spending hundreds to thousands of dollars buying new plants. Well I'm hoping that I can pass it down to Isabel and she can learn and if we do have a business that's a successful business she can take over at some point and it's you know not just me running it and her helping but she's actually able to take this and make money on her own and same thing with anything we're thinking about we're looking at seed harvesting for certain plants that we have on the property all of these other items that we could do pretty quickly and easily in the upcoming future and i'm really hoping to use these not only as teaching opportunities but also get isabel interested in wanting to own parts of the homestead that if she in the future wants to take part in that's absolutely 100 percent an option for her as a source of income or as a source of a side hustle income because we've talked about this before on roll a lot how we look at children on the homestead and how we've built our homestead around, you know, each part around the weakest member, or we've tried to. Like, I'll tell you, 
when it comes to the roles I play, we've not really focused on that as much as we have Aaron. And that's a failure on our part because if something happens to me, Aaron can do the food processing, but it's not going to be the same. It's going to be very, very different. It's going to be much harder for him than it would be for me. Versus if he were to go down, our systems are pretty much set that it might take me a little bit of muscle, but I can get through it and manage on my own. So we look at that the same way with children. We don't look at children like the good chores are good, but we expect the chores to be done with us, not like individually is their own because the goal is to raise a, an adult <laughs> who is free thinking and able to come up with concepts and ideas on their own and want to leave the nest and go have a future for themselves. Do we want her to stay and help work the homes and everything? Yes, we do. Do we expect it? Absolutely 100% not. Absolutely not. We are planning for her to leave the nest <laughs> because if we plan for her to stay, that's and we set our home set up to rely on her because there's just there's two of us and if you include her there's three of us that's a big portion of our homestead work that would fall on her and it could also make her resent it so we've really looked at it for that and you know it's just kind of how we look at you know children on a homestead it's to enhance <laughs> the life, so we, we just do it a bit differently um, and have a bit of a different idea. Now, that's not to say chores are bad, though. We will have chores, but we'll be doing them together. It won't be, Isabel, your job is to manage the ducks. It's, Isabel, you're coming to help mommy with the ducks as part of your chores. Um, it's kind of, sort of, we'll be doing those items of chores together. The next thing is to build a standard operating procedure. I feel like a lot of small businesses totally forget this. Totally forget this. And don't really think having standard operating procedures is a really valid thing. I think anything you do, anything you do, needs a standard operating procedure. And this is because I'm a very process-driven person. I like to do things the same way every time if it succeeds. Now, if I can cut a corner and it still works, I get the same results, great. If I can't cut a quarter and I can't, and if I try to change one thing and I don't get the same results that I want, I'll go back to the original. And it is what it is. The, the way I do my processes, and, I, and I've learned over the years, like especially when it comes to canning, when it comes to how I cook, how I clean, how I do all these things, I'm really hyper-focused on doing the job with as few steps as possible, as easily as possible. And while it might seem like I'm adding a lot of extra steps to my work on the front end, it's usually to save me a lot of extra steps on the back end. And I've grown so much doing it this way. Tomatoes is a huge one. I've learned to start putting those in the freezer until I have enough to manage. Started that last year, did it again this year. God, it saved me so much time. So much time. But last year I also did small batches. Instead of me buying five, six boxes, which I would get really reasonable price. I get for $8 a box, which is a really great price for us. Um, I know a lot of people pay a lot more than that. I get tomatoes for $8 a box. And instead of me having to process them in a weekend, I can process throughout the, the, um, 
late summer months and that really saves me a lot of time it doesn't kill my back and I can add tomatoes I typically what I will do is I will add tomato processing on top of whatever else I am processing so if I'm doing any fruit canning which I usually am at that time of the year I'll can the fruit I will also can the tomatoes at the same time so I'm getting the most bang out of my canner running it so standard operating procedure is it's a SOP it is a system that is set up to maximize your time while also minimizing the amount of effort or work you put into while getting the same consistent results you're looking for. That is how I view a standard operating procedure. So I ship and pack this way every time. It's how I pack a hat every single time. I take my box, it's the same box no matter the hat. Unless it's like a really big hat, like a, a cowboy hat, I wouldn't ship a cowboy hat in the same box I would do a standard baseball cap. But we're talking baseball cap. So standard baseball cap, same box size every single time. Box size doesn't change. It is a four by eight by six. Works all the time. It gets put together. It gets set in. It gets an air puff into it. So it kind of holds its shape. If it needs a bag because it's super expensive, it's already in the bag. That's done on the front end, not the back end. It gets a card on top. It gets a little air puff on top. It gets closed and we're done. I can do it in my sleep. I do not have to think about it. I don't have to fret about it. Try it when we were first learning how to do these things. We were trying to find the best way to ship a hat. We tried the Polly Miller with the air. God, that was a disaster. We we tried it all. We tried it all. We really did. We tried everything. And I can say that I'm, I'm really a box person. I know it has a little bit extra weight, but for things that can't bend or break or have any, because you want to make sure the product is still in really good shape. Like a t-shirt is one thing in a poly miller versus like a baseball cap. I've just learned to go with the, go with the option that's going to give me the most bang for my buck. So that is my standard operating procedure every single time for a hat. I do all of our boxing in our house. Aaron doesn't box anything. He hates it. He absolutely hates it. He hates dealing with shipping. He hates dealing with what we need to do. It's the one, I mean, it is, it is literally, and I can, I, I completely understand until we actually learned how to do it. It's the one thing about shipping items that becomes very, very frustrating. I mean, it really does. It becomes so frustrating dealing with the cost of shipping, how to ship items, and learning how the post office does things. But because we have done it enough and we've set up a process, I can write this down for Erin, the basics. And this doesn't have to be super, super detailed. But if you only like sell 10 items, I need to have those 10 items. We need to have that figured out. Or we need to have a procedure put in place that tells Erin, Okay, I've sold this vintage toy from the 90s. It needs this size box. It needs this many, you know, this much stuffing. We don't want to go over this weight, so this is something you have to be aware of. We have to make sure we're, we're keeping an eye on this so he knows what to do if I can't get down there to do it. If I'm sick or I'm down, I can't get up and down the stairs, whatever it takes. I need him to be able to step in and take over the shipping the same way he needs me be, to be able to step in 
take over the posting if something happens to him and he can't do it for a couple of weeks. It it just helps having that standard operating procedure, especially with the tools you're trying to make sure like how do you use the camera if the person doesn't know how to use the camera. I don't know how to use the camera he uses for pictures. And we've had it for years, but I never use it. I never have. I use my cell phone. Um, so that's just one, one of the instances I'd have to say, like, this is the camera we use for pictures. He would need to have, like, easy for me to read directions. This is how I do the shipping. I need to have easy to read directions for him. And we need to make sure we're going over them together. This is important. Go over your SOPs together to make sure the other person understands. So you have it wrote down. Everybody knows what the other person is doing. There's no questions, no guessing. So we all know what everybody else is doing and we're able to make sure we're being as efficient with our time as possible. That's really important. The next thing is don't overextend yourself. I'm going to tell you, I fell. And this is probably... One of the reasons why when Aaron says, I have an idea that it causes my heart to skip a bit of a beat sometimes <laughs> because I know because I love him and I want to be there to support him. I will usually go along with it and, you know, we'll talk about if it costs anything, if it doesn't, we'll look at everything that for me homestead or side hustles need to be free for us as free as possible so when i'm talking about propagation i'm talking about doing this at hardly any cost to us that's what i'm looking at aaron have a bit more of a startup cost and he's comfortable with that and i think for me the biggest thing is to make sure i'm not over we're not overextending ourselves financially we're not overextending ourselves mentally physically emotionally because it's an emotional it takes a toll. It's a lot of work. It can be a lot of work, especially if you have a nine to five on top of it. If you're both working, and I know that's not typical for most homestead families. I, I completely understand. Most homestead families has a parent that stays home or both parents stay home, run and manage to maintain the homestead. Ours is not like that. We've been slow building our homestead so, the way we needed to because it worked better for us and we're totally good with that. And because of that, we both have nine to fives. We would be very hesitant to quit those nine to fives without a solid source of income and a very good emergency fund set aside for those side hustles, just in case something did happen. Um, because what if your whole side, like I know a lot of side hustles in the homestead area revolve around food and they revolve around like selling to groups of people, um, oh, what are they called? Like a co-op sort of a thing. Uh, those different types, and those are great sources to make money. But I'm also like very fearful that you're over, yet like you're you're oversaturating the market. Like there's so much marketplace. You go out to a flea market in this area, you have so many people selling food. So to me, selling the food that I grow, even though I grow really good food, and I can grow a lot of it, doesn't seem like a good use of my time because I'm going to have to compete with all these other people, and that's what free market does, but I would rather have a smaller market to compete with in my area. I, that That's how I look at it. And you're like, well, yeah, 
but your, you know, it's free market. Well, for me, it's a safer route and I will always lean towards a safer route. Aaron, not so much. Aaron goes like, Hey, we could do it. <laughs> we'll go out there and <laughs> compete. And I'm just like, okay. And, and to me, I have to, to be careful not to push too hard and, and overextend myself because I want to make sure we're being smart about it. But I also want to make sure I'm not being a hindrance. So I, I could be negative Nelly here too and be like, well, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't work. Whereas I'm not being as supportive as I want to be. I'm being way too practical. So I, it's kind of like a fine line you have to walk when you're down this road. So as you're looking to jump into the world of side hustles, looking to find that area that that niches you have, especially in a family side hustle. And, and I know if you're anything like me, your husband comes to you and it's like I said, my heart skips a beat because I have enough to do every day. I really do. I have enough to do every day. I don't need another item added to my to-do list. It, it can be daunting and it can be scary, but be open to talking about it. Willing to talk. Know the cost Figure out how you can help the best way you can. Make sure all the jobs are getting done. Because there might be a job that you don't like to do. That you're going to have to learn. I don't like sports. But I'm going to have to learn the different sports logos. So I can help Erin with these things in an area that I'm better at. So because of that. I've got to figure out what works for me in this area. And where I'm helping him. Even though it's not an area I'm very very fond of or very happy to jump in. So it's really just kind of finding your niche, your hole where you're really focused on and really make sure you're you're shining in your area and you're letting other people shine in theirs. So I hope this inspires you. Kind of get your thoughts they you know rolling about how you could you know if you do have a side hustle, I'd love to hear about it. You can email me at thecandycoupleyahoo.com but really kind of look at especially like a family side hustle where you can help if you all are talking about doing a side hustle because it normally involves all family. It's not normally one person. It's a family affair, especially these smaller scale operations because we're free labor. <laughs> and not only are we free labor, but it's, you know, it's a family. You're doing this for the good of the family. You're doing this to pay off bills, get out of debt, to put extra money in the bank, to build that emergency fund, to do whatever it is you're trying to do. So, um, definitely be creative, be thoughtful, don't overextend yourself, but don't kind of <laughs> be a negative Nelly either. Definitely be open to the conversation, but also be practical, just not over practical. I know it's, a, again, it's a very fun line. So I hope this inspires you. I really do. Because I can tell you for me. I've really had to learn to cope with this and learn to deal with this without shooting Aaron down every single time and really come up with ways that I can help build a side hustle where he can help me and I'm sort of the one who had the idea, um, like the propagation. It was my idea. Well, then he had an offshoot of that. That would also be very helpful and we could probably start that one next year. 
So we're definitely looking and it's opening up. And if maybe your ideal is not the best, maybe your husband's ideal is not the best, but maybe you can get the creative juices flowing to come up with an idea that's going to be so fantastic and so great and work through and you all are just going to have an awesome time and just go out there and kill it. Absolutely kill it. But as always, thank you for joining me on Farm Wife Sexy Life where we talk about why being the farm wife is the sexy life. And again, if you have any comments, questions, anything you want to discuss, you want to hop on here on a podcast with me, please email me at thecandycouple at yahoo.com. And thank you for joining me on Farm Wife Sexy Life with the Candy Couple where we work hard, live simple, and enjoy life. Have a wonderful day.